Well, Mr. Harper, that is the full tour of the home. And if you would like, I do have time to show you the guest house. It's just one bedroom with all the necessary essentials, like a great kitchen. And I think that any guest that comes to visit you will be extremely happy with their accommodations. <laughs> I have no doubt. Unfortunately, I have a meeting to get to across town, so I can't stay to see the guest house. But I trust that it is absolutely breathtaking. I do just have one more question. Of course. How soon can I move in? As soon as you would like. I'll fax the paperwork over to your office. <laughs> Great. Thanks. This looks like a fabulous place. I think I'm going to like it here. I really do. Colin then smiles as he looks around the beautiful place that he is soon going to be able to call his home. Meanwhile, at Memorial Hospital in the hospital room, Donovan Aldridge is lying asleep completely comatose from having been shot three times almost six months ago. As Donovan continues to lie in his coma, Stephanie slowly enters the room going to him. Hello, Donovan. It's me, your beautiful blue. Isn't that what you always like to call me? It used to be a nickname that I truly loved. But then, you began to use it to trap me in a life with you. And looking back, I guess that feeling trapped is quite a funny thing. <laughs> because here you are, trapped in your own body, with all of your psychotic thoughts. And when I look back on our relationship and how I felt trapped in it, I realized that all I could think about was running away. But because of your resources and your money, this was always a hard thing to do. And to this day, I wish I could have had somebody there to help me run away. Somebody who could have untrapped me. Is that how you feel right now? You want somebody to untrap you from your coma? Perhaps the world? Well, allow me. Stephanie then notices the plug to Donovan's breathing machine. She then wraps her hand around the plug, but before she can pull it, Donovan suddenly awakens and grabs her arm. A horrified Stephanie looks down at Donovan. Suddenly, Stephanie awakens in her home on the couch. She jolts up, gasping for air. She then grabs a hold of her right arm as she tries to make sense of her nightmare. Okay. Don't worry, Steph. You're okay. He can't hurt you anymore. Stephanie then looks up at the clock, noticing that the time is only 8.30 in the morning. She then rubs her eyes, collects herself, and makes her way over to the door. Mom! Oh, I can't believe that you are finally here! Hello, darling! <laughs> I am so glad that the retirement village finally gave you the all clear. Welcome to your new home. At the Augustus Police Department in the main area, Detective Reynolds is sitting at his desk, examining the evidence he has collected for the investigation into the shooting of Donovan Aldridge. As he looks through a list of possible suspects, something catches his attention. He then quickly sits up in his chair, picks up his office telephone, and dials a number. Hey, it's me. I'm looking over the Aldridge shooting file and I just realized that I might have another suspect to add to the list. Yes, 
I know that the DA is getting tired of this investigation, considering that it's gone on for almost six months. I just need you to send me up the security footage from Aldridge's building, please. Thank you, Chuck. Detective Reynolds then places the telephone on the hook as he goes back to examining the file. I am one step closer to solving this entire case. Reynolds then leans back in his chair and smiles. At Hastings Advertising in the conference room, Stuart, Diana, Simon, and Mark are all sitting around a rather large conference table. Children, thank you for coming to this last-minute meeting. No problem, Mom. I do have to say that you're lucky I was able to make it in time, however. I almost got stuck at the airport. And I don't know if Felipe is on some new medication or if he's smoking pot again, but his driving skills were particularly awful today. Simon even told me that he's noticed a change, too. Is that true, son? Yes, it is. Mark is right. I will be sure to have a talk with him. But that is not what we are here to discuss. We must get down to business. We have had our advertising headquarters in this town for almost a year now. Sadly, we have yet to make a big splash in Augustus. Meanwhile, our New York City and Miami offices are flourishing. Isn't that a good thing? Of course it is, Mark. Because we moved our headquarters here, however, we need to show our other offices and the advertising world that the Hastings family still knows what they're doing. Diana is right about that. Isn't Mother always right? Of course I am, Simon. Anyway, what your father is proposing here is that we need to find a way to make a big splash. We can't let CH Advertising continue to snatch up every local advertising opportunity, nor the national and international accounts that trickle into the city. Okay. Well, I can come up with at least five ideas on how to beef up our client list here in Illinois by lunchtime. I think you have good intentions. Yet, we need to take more of a bold approach to our fading headquarters, son. What are you suggesting, Dad? I'm suggesting that we go after Colin Harper's company rather than having to always compete with it. And your father doesn't mean that we need to go after this corporation in terms of stealing his most valuable clients. We need to find a way to buy up his company. I think it's time we show a Harper how a Hastings plays the game. Is Colin Harper really that much of a threat? Does he even have us on his radar? Of course he does. We are a competing advertising company, after all. And as long as Colin essentially places a monopoly on advertising in this town, then there's no breathing room for us. And I simply will not have that happen any longer. At the Harper Mansion in the living room, Elaine and Stephen walk over to the couch, having just come from the entryway of the room. Well, Stephen, I do have to say that you're looking well. Thank you. 
Same to you. I know these past few months have been very hard, <laughs> so it's it's nice to get that compliment. How is uh, how how is Melanie doing? Is she ready to come here soon from the care facility? Yes, uh, she's out of the wheelchair from the accident. By the way, she's uh, moving around, taking walks here and there. Good. Good for her. Thank you for letting us move in here temporarily as I as I get her back to normal from her injuries sustained from that awful night. That um, awful night. I just, I can't believe that it's been almost six months since that night. It's It's a crazy thing to try and put into perspective. Yeah, it most certainly is. You know, I haven't heard from Colin in that time, to tell you the truth. I know he lived at the Harper cabin for a while, and I know that he's been busy with work, but how has he really been doing? How has he been doing? Stephen, I don't even know if I can answer that question honestly. Yes, it has been almost six months, but you and Melanie, well, you went off to Michigan for her recovery, considering how bad her injuries were from the car accident. And because of that, he's never even gotten the chance to heal and make sense of this, this whole crazy situation. I've been there for Colin, the child I raised. You two haven't. You sent a Christmas card when the wounds were still very fresh. You know what? That is not enough. That doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what he's feeling. He also had his son ripped away from him. He isn't Connor's biological father. He tried to grapple with that as he had to take on being Connor, the first he had to make sense of me never telling him that he was adopted, as I initially thought, and to top it all off. Oh, let's not forget that my ex-husband, the father he did know, set this whole thing in motion by paying Melanie a whole lot of money to buy her biological child. Stephen lets out a deep breath as a saddened expression falls upon his face. Look, I do feel sorry for my sister, but just because she's going to be living here with you doesn't mean I forgive her for selling Colin to my ex-husband without my knowledge. And then in turn, Gunner made me believe that he had called in some favor to an orphanage. Yes, I, I told a lie myself by never telling Colin that he wasn't a part of this family by blood, but he forgave me for that already because he saw that I wasn't the one who played this entire family. It was in fact you and my sister. If Melanie and I could go back, we would. That's the thing. No one can go back. 
we can only continue to march forward and and see what life has in store for all of us, whether we like it or not. At St. Mary's Church in the recreation room, six wooden chairs are gathered in a circle. Meanwhile, a sign is placed by the door that reads Gamblers Anonymous, get your life back and lose no more. Gregory, who has just finished attending the meeting, walks up to the craft services area and begins pouring himself a cup of coffee. Other members of the weekly meetings are standing around talking to one another. As Gregory takes a sip of his coffee, Rhonda walks over to him. She then begins pouring herself a cup of coffee as well. Hey, do you mind passing me the sugar and creamer, please? Oh, um, yeah. Here you go. Thanks. Well, um, that was a heck of a good meeting today. In my opinion. Oh, I agree. It was so great hearing everyone speak about their journey of recovery from this awful addiction that we've all shared in the past. I have to say, what you said was, it was particularly moving. And for someone introduced as a brand new member of our GA chapter, you certainly did make yourself known. Well, isn't that what these meetings are all about? <laughs> I mean, if we don't make ourselves known to one another, then we all can't work together to help battle this demon called addiction. That's very true. By the way, I couldn't help but catch what you said about coming to town. You mentioned that you've been here since the end of August, but I haven't seen you around town. Truth be told, I've been trying to keep a low profile. As I mentioned in my testimonial, I came to this town for my son in hopes of reconnecting with him. Initially, I thought that I would be staying here temporarily, yet back in December, I realized that I could not resist moving here full time for him. Well, good for you. I know all about trying to reconnect with the child one has lost touch with due to their own addictive behaviors. In fact, I kind of had to do what you're doing with your son when it came to my own. You know, our kids might be grown now, but uh, no matter what happens, we're still their parents. Exactly. By the way, before I head out, I would like to formally introduce myself. I'm Rhonda, and it's been lovely speaking with you today. Nice to meet you, Rhonda. I'm Gregory, and same to you. It was nice to, um, to connect on a more personal level with someone here. Well, Gregory, will you be here next week? I will be, yeah. Yourself? You bet. <laughs> Good. That's very good. At Prodigy Nightclub in the main area, JJ is standing behind the bar counting bottles of vodka. As he writes down his official count on an inventory chart, Antoine enters the club going to him. Hello? Well, hey you. JJ comes out from behind the bar counter and rushes up to Antoine. The two kiss one another. Here I thought you weren't supposed to be back from your assignment until tomorrow. Well, it finished early, and though being a reporter in Chicago was exciting, all I could think about was you. I, in fact, got into town this morning. <laughs> and is that so? 
Yeah, I mean, well, I had to run by the Bay Ridge Hotel first to see if Steven needed help packing up Melanie's things. Apparently, she's still moving into the Harper Mansion. Oh, God, I'll, I'll explain more later about that. I just am so Well, let me stop you right there. I must say that all I've been thinking about today is you. On a side note, I still can't believe that I'm the manager of this club now. Look around. I'm the boss. Well, I'll certainly address those thoughts of yours later. For now, all I can <laughs> tell you is that you've really earned your place here. You have. I mean, after all Lakin did put you through interview after interview. I mean, Isaac Marshall, of all people, put me way, he put me through less when it came to me getting my promotion as a field reporter. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, trust me, I'm well aware of what she put me through to get this management position. But in the end, she did need somebody to show up for her as she made the move to Spain. I was at the ready, you know. Now, just between me and you, I would say that I do miss working at the Tasty Bean. Oh, before I forget, I have to tell you something. Your mother called me. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, she wants to meet with us. She finally got out of the Bay Ridge Hotel and brought a penthouse of her own downtown. She wants to show it off and have some kind of housewarming party. Okay, great. Good for her. My dad must still be sending her those month-to-month -month checks. What? What are you... Please, please, please don't make this some big thing. I mean, in the beginning, the checks were meant to be some form of child support, but she used to gamble it away every weekend. I mean, regardless of how she would use the money, it was sent to her on one condition. You know what that condition was? That I would never, ever know his true identity. You don't know who your father is? I guess you and Colin Harper have something in common, huh? Uh-uh, nope. That is totally different. My dad did not want kids. He never tried to waltz back into my life. Steven and Melanie always tried to be a part of Colin's life. They were just held back by Goner. I mean, look again, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. I, I just, I know it's messed up, but honestly, this is really none of my business. Is this really something you can stay out of? Oh, you bet. I've, <laughs> I've stayed out of it for this long and I plan to continue to do just that. Now, let's stop talking about this and let's get out of here. At the Tasty Bean Cafe in the main area, Alex and Danielle are sitting at a booth. Both of them are having an iced latte. Well, can you believe it? Today marks two and a half months that we have been together. Wow, I didn't realize you were counting the halves. Why not? Because that has never been you. This new me has been around for a long time. I came to you on New Year's Eve because I was lost on how to manage a toddler and a baby. But you took me into your home and you helped me get Aiden and Connor to sleep before midnight. To this day, I appreciate that more than you know. <laughs> you know what's funny? What's that? After we got the kids to sleep, you told me I was clearly the only woman for you. And these past two and a half months have been amazing. Yet, I can't help but wonder why it took you so long. We had that night. We had many encounters where I did not have a favorable opinion of you, but... Danielle, I chose you because I realized I was falling in love with you from a distance. I tried to be this amazing man for Leslie, but I would always screw up. I'm still one of the biggest screw-ups she has ever had in her life. And then there was the whole thing with Emma dying and Colin finding out about the plan when it came to Connor's paternity. <sighs> Look... I have two sons. My career continues to take off. But now that I have you and have had you for a few months now, 
I realize that my life is complete, and all it took was for you to be in my life permanently. As Alex and Danielle hold hands with one another, Leslie enters the cafe. She spots Danielle and Alex and then makes her way over to them. Hello, you two. Good morning. Hi, Leslie. Danielle. So, what are you two doing here? We thought we would stop by here and grab something to drink before we headed off on a shopping spree for Aiden's birthday. I see. Are you going to get him that video game he has been asking for? If so, I've got connections at the local game store on the other side of town. They said that they could pre-order it, but you better act fast. They're not going to hold up that offer for too much longer. Well, actually, about that. Seriously, Alex? I thought that I was going to purchase the gaming console and you were going to purchase the video game via that pre-order. What happened to our deal here? Well, you see, there's no reason for us to have a deal any longer. Oh yeah? And why is that? Because... Because it turns out that I have an old boyfriend who works for the company that made the game that Aiden wants for his birthday. I pulled a few strings and got Alex an advanced copy that will be here a day before Aiden's party. Oh! I see. Wow! <laughs> so, you two are together, out and proud for only a few weeks now, and you two are suddenly pulling strings for one another? Interesting. Well, it looks like I don't have time to grab a cup of coffee. I have an appointment to get to. I hope you two have a good day. I'll see you at the party next week. Leslie walks off. Could I have been any more awkward? No. I don't think so. Alex, like I mentioned earlier, I've enjoyed the past two and a half months. You wooed me in a way that I've never been wooed before. But we initially held off on telling Leslie about us, if you will remember. What I'm trying to say is that I'm not a stepmom to your children. However, I'm trying to just be a good person and have a good relationship with you. And I'm sorry that Leslie made things kind of awkward. Do you want me to talk to her? Yes. No. Yeah. I would really like that. I don't want to be public enemy number one. You two have been divorced for a while now. She needs to calm down and hope that you'll make that known to her very soon. On the other side of the establishment behind the counter, Lenore is putting some brownies into the bake case. As she closes the bake case, a curious Lenore retrieves her cell phone from her apron and answers the call. Hello? Oh, Skye! Hi! It's so good to hear from you! Look, Caitlin's excited to open up that blogging office. And I'm really excited, too. I'll also let you two lease the building next door for as long as you want. Skye? Hello? Honey? You're, you're breaking up. I, I, I can't understand you. Before Lenore can say another word, the line suddenly goes dead. Honey? Sky? Sky! Back at Colin's home in the living room, Colin and Caitlin walk into the room having come from the kitchen. I have to say, this place is absolutely breathtaking. And for the price you got it for, it is a total steal. <laughs> I most certainly agree. I'm so glad that you're back in town, by the way. It just, I don't know, just feels like the family is once again complete. Wow, sis, I should escape from this place more often. 
Well, ever since you started taking vacations here and there, I can tell you that Mom and I have felt kind of lonely. I'm sure you and Mom have been loving your weekly dinners over at the mansion. We have been, but it'd be better to have you there. Well, to be fair, the last vacation I took wasn't really a vacation at all, as I was trying to close an advertising deal overseas. I know. Doesn't mean we didn't miss you any less. I appreciate it. So, how's the investigation going into Dad's prison sentence? When I had left to live at the cabin for a while, I told you to make sure that you helped Mom look into Dad falling off the radar in that prison. And that is exactly what I've done. I have helped in every way that I can ever since she began that investigation last October after not hearing from him for so long. And though she still hasn't heard from Dad, I think the investigation is going okay. No leads quite yet. I mean, they have that prison locked down so much, it's ridiculous. I'm sure Dad's okay, though. I know, but it has been weighing on Mom, and she's been trying to get answers about the whole thing for so long now. I'm sure Natasha will find out something soon. She's one hell of a private investigator. You're probably right. Anyway, on a better form of news, I have something to show you. Connor just signed up for kindergarten, and he looked so grown up in his little outfit. Oh, show me. <laughs> I definitely will. Caitlin retrieves her cell phone from her back pocket. She then begins to swipe through a few photos. He's grown a lot. Right? Time moves by so fast. That it does. I just wish that Emma were still here to see all this. I know. You still think about how the investigation into the explosion got marked as a cold case. How can I not? I just want answers about what happened that day. And you know what? Mom has inspired me. I'm going to get answers. Really? Yes. I'm going to start my own inquiry into Emma's death. I'm going to find out who killed my wife last year. Regardless of the secret she kept from me about that plan she and Alex set in motion, and regardless of what Lucinda put me through, there are so many people out there who deserve to know who killed my late wife. Lucinda has been in a coma for so long now because of the injuries she sustained in that car accident. She can't get to the bottom of this, but I will. I most certainly will. At the magnifier in Isaac's office, Isaac and Stephanie walk over to Isaac's desk, having just come from the door. Thank you for coming by on such short notice, Stephanie. Of course, Isaac. I'm sorry to have interrupted the reunion. I'm sure you were sharing with your mother. No worries. We have many things planned with her moving in with me. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. It just, it feels so good to not have to lie anymore to everyone around me. And I know that I must have hurt you because I always lied to you and told you that my mom had died. But it was because I was protecting myself from something painful. Something that happened to me in my past. Stephanie, what do you mean? Uh, look, I'm not ready to talk about it. It's too painful. And I can talk about it with you some other time, but I I'm just not ready yet. No worries. I understand. I, I want you to know that I'm sending a lot of love to you. Thank you. So, what's up? Why did you call me over here? Well, Stephanie, I feel as though we can be honest with one another. Of course. Good. 
That's why I'm just going to cut to the chase. The magnifier is in trouble. Sales are plummeting. My company shareholders are wondering if the magazine can survive. I haven't seen a bleed out like this since the recession. And Dolores and I almost did not survive that time in our lives. Isaac, I am so sorry, but you don't have to say anything further. How can I help? Stephanie, this is going to ask a lot of you, but I was wondering if you could reach out to Arnold Lennox and see if he would be interested in purchasing the magnifier or at least taking shares. You want my boss to have a stake in your publication? Yes, before time runs out. At Leslie's penthouse in the living room, Arnold Lennox, a well-known businessman, and Leslie walk over to the couch. Well, Mr. Lennox, I'm glad that we finally got an opportunity to see one another face to face. I couldn't agree more. Oh, and I hope that from now on you'll call me Arnold. After all, we're going to be closing a business deal. Very true. Such a deal is going to make you the editor-in-chief of my most well-known magazine. Here I thought that Cooking Notes was the most well-known in your media empire. Cooking Notes is popular for NYC Gen Zers who feel that cooking is nothing more than an experiment. That's why beginning next month, that magazine will be go strictly digital. Oh, I had no idea. No one does. The announcement has yet to be made. I won't say a word then. I had a feeling I could trust you. Anyway, back to you, Leslie. Hope that you got my paperwork. I sent that contract over a few days ago. I did, and I signed it yesterday morning and sent it off. In fact, it should be on your desk at your Media Empire's headquarters right this very moment. Very well. I apologize that it took so long for us to close this deal. I was so busy in London for the many months that I had a lot of my U.S. business take a back seat. I completely understand. I'm just happy to be the editor-in-chief of your very popular magazine. It's a good attitude to have, yet I kind of hate to crush your spirit. Oh? What do you mean? To tell you the truth, your first day is going to be quite rough. I expected it to be nothing but. I have prepared for some obstacles to be thrown at me. I don't think you're prepared for this. However, Leslie, I have not told the previous editor-in-chief yet. I haven't even told her the news. Are you kidding me? Why would you do this to me? Because I need you to prove yourself. Tell me, right this very moment, can you do this? Can you fire my current editor-in-chief? I'll do it. On one condition. You give me a $50,000 remodeling budget for my office. I want to be out with the old and come right in with the new. Deal. Anyway, it was lovely seeing you. I look forward to many more meetings, but I do have a plane to catch. Certainly. Have a lovely day, Arnold. You as well, and good luck. Arnold nods politely and then walks over to the front door. Oh my god. <laughs> the deal is done. I can't believe it. I am now the editor-in-chief of Opulence Monthly. Mm, but how? How am I going to fire Stephanie? Oh, Lord, help me. At the Bennett home in the living room, Miranda is helping Jonah put on his necktie. Thank you for helping me with my tie, darling. I do what I can. Did you find your eye drops okay this morning? I had put them. It's okay. I, I found them just fine. <sighs> Gosh, it has been so long now. 
I just wish I wasn't blind anymore. I'm getting my eyesight back little by little, but I still feel as though I can't see anything. I, uh, Jonah, stop. We've had this talk before. We both have settled on the fact that you being blind is karma for what you did to Donovan. Somebody needed to confront him. I know, but you shouldn't have been out in that terrible storm. If you wouldn't have been, then the debris would never have wound up in your eyes. I wasn't just going to stand by and let that man torture you anymore. I thank you for that. That's part of the reason why we're back together. Look, Alex and Danielle should be here any moment. Let's not talk about that night anymore. Fine. I'll oblige. Were you able to figure out a Zoom call with Lakin? I would love for her to be here in some way or so we can tell our children together that this family is going to get back on track. Unfortunately, Lakin is just too busy in Spain with Prodigy International. Yet I'm sure we'll be able to tell her sometime very soon. Well, we better. I don't want to wait forever in a day for you to be mine once again, and for everyone in this family to know it. I know, darling. Miranda leans in and kisses Jonah passionately. <laughs> well, let's not get too far into things. It would appear that Alex and Danielle are here. I'll go get the door. Do you think you can find your way to the couch? Of course I can. I'm excited about this announcement. Me too, Jonah. We're going to take our family into the future once and for all. Back at Hastings Advertising in the CEO office, Stewart is standing over by the bar cart, pouring himself a glass of water as Diana enters. Afternoon, Stewart. I just got your email about the copyrighted images on the accounts page. They have been completely scrubbed from the socials, and we reached a deal with the photographer for a payment of $2,000. Nice. I had a feeling it would resolve itself rather quickly. Unfortunately, the same can't be said for everything around here. Oh, what is that supposed to mean? I, I assume you're referring to our secret divorce? Diana nods her head as she moves to the other side of the room. Exactly. You see, I'm on board with staying married to you for the sake of the company. Hell, I'll even do it until we gobble up Colin Harker's firm. But make no mistake. I want out as soon as we buy up everything we need to ensure our children continue to have a legacy that can be passed down. For once we share mutual feelings, I want out just as much as you do. I can't take your stone cold ways anymore. You think I'm stone cold now? Just wait until you see how I'm going to make this town know my name. Our new headquarters might be failing because of the awful move you made, but we've already been in Augustus for a year now. And as I start another year here, I just want you to know that I plan to make the most of it. I plan to climb my way to the top of society here, not caring even for a second about who I have to step on. Back at the Harper Mansion in the living room, Elaine is sitting on the couch drinking a cup of tea. As she sets her teacup down on the coffee table, Hello? Why, yes, this is Elaine Harper. Oh, hello, Natasha. 
Wait, you have news about Gunner? What? What did you just say to me? What do you mean he isn't at that prison anymore? No, that can't be right. Are you sure? Yes, yes, please. Call me when you get the chance to look into this more. Okay. All right. Goodbye. Elaine hangs up from the call. Oh my God. Gunner hasn't been at that prison since August? What the hell has happened to the father of my children? Back at Stephanie's home in the living room, Felicia is sitting on the couch painting her fingernails and watching a daytime soap opera. <laughs> That's right, Dory. Get her. Slap her. <laughs> yes, she deserves it. <laughs> Who in the world could be interrupting my story? Felicia quickly puts the cap on her nail polish and then pauses the soap opera she is watching. She then goes to the door. Oh, hello. Can I help you? Hello, miss. I'm Detective Reynolds from the Augustus Police Department. I'm looking for Felicia Richardson. I'm Felicia Richardson. Oh, good. I need to ask you a few questions about a case that I'm working on. Uh, is this some kind of a joke? I have been living at a retirement village for many years now, up until today, and I always have to have special clearance to leave the village. Therefore, I don't have any idea what crime I could help you solve or even what crime I would be a suspect in for that matter. I just... I, I see. These questions are more so directed at your daughter. And I know you spent some time with her when it comes to the time period in question for my investigation. A man your daughter used to be involved with was shot last August, and we have evidence that points to her as being a suspect. I am well aware of her abusive ex-lover being shot last summer, but I can assure you that my daughter would never have done such a thing, ever. Okay, let's calm down here. I think you need to listen to what I have to say. I'm trying to get a timeline here. You see, Donovan was shot with a 9mm Smith & Wesson that has a pearl handle. Only five people currently have such a gun legally registered to their name in this town. Considering your daughter's history with Donovan Aldridge... I think you should leave. Stephanie did not shoot that man. And that is the story I'm sticking to. She was here all night with me on the night you're calling into question. I'm surprised you can remember that far back. I will let you know that we have cameras placing her outside of- What the hell is going on here? Felicia and Detective Reynolds turn their attention to Stephanie, who has just walked up to the home. I'll tell you, dear. Detective Reynolds has told me that you are a prime suspect in Donovan's shooting. Is that so? Yes, Miss Markham. And if someone around here doesn't get to answering my questions, then I'm taking you and your mother down to the station. So what will it be? The ball's in your court. 
This has been the season four premiere of Forever and a Day, dedicated to the memory of Steve Beavers. Created by KCS Hutchison, co-executive producer KCS Hutchison, co-executive producer Candace Mack, co-executive producer Emmy Morgan. Written by KCS Hutchison, Candace Mack, Emmy Morgan, and Eric Andres. Music and sound effects provided by Fesslian Studios and Soundstripe. Theme song provided by Soundstripe. This episode starred Bart Blackneo as Colin Harper, Eric Andres as Mr. Meadows, Christina Sullivan as Stephanie Markham, Tony D. Head as Isaac Marshall, Janelle Allen as Felicia Richardson, Bruce Van Griffin as Bo Reynolds, Amelia Marshall as Rhonda Jeffries, Benjamin Bryant as Gregory Marshall, Sherard Jackson as Jesse J.J. Frazier, Darrell Anthony as Antoine Jeffries, Lucretia Lyon as Caitlin Harper, Aaron Clark as Stephen Langenfeld, Kevin Caliber as Alex Bennett, Candace Mack as Danielle Frazier, Steve Beavers as Stuart Hastings, Diana Collins as Diana Hastings, Timothy Blocker Jr. as Simon Hastings, Desmond Hawkins as Mark Hastings, Renee Saran as Miranda Williams, Matthew Preston as Jonah Bennett, Kalia Davis as Leslie Marshall, Jordan Gonzalez as Arnold Lennox. Join us next Monday for an all-new episode of Forever and a Day on your favorite podcast streaming platform or at faadseries.blogspot.com. This podcast is recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement.